Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Believe in UCLA football podcast. My name is James Williams, an editor and reporter for the Orange County Register and Southern California News Group. And as always, I'm here with my co-host, Josh Woods, former UCLA linebacker. Josh, what's going on, man? It's glad to be home for a few days. What is our rest? Um, enjoying a bye week, but this heat is outrageous. <laughs> Welcome home, Josh. God, Josh. So, um, you know, I was preparing notes for this podcast um, and everything else. And usually when we start the podcast, we talk about the heat, but there's a the depth chart came out there's nfl roster cuts that took place and so when i see you and you on the on the recording here and you tell me oh i'm at home i'm like oh no like i just assume the worst and i'm like they cut my guy no we're good i'm, I'm like he, I, I forgot you mentioned even last week that there was a there was a bye week so i was i was glad to hear that um and there's a lot of different er, uh, topics and things we can go over um, but I have some different notes and we'll get to a bunch of different things here, but it's, it's, you know, we, we keep talking about it, but it's, it's, it's game week. week. It's finally yeah, it's game a, week. Finally. And, and you, and you mentioned it there. So you're back in California and, and the heat is no joke. As we've mentioned on this podcast several times, it's expected to be over 102, I think 104, it's 104 right now where I'm at in Moreno Valley, but it's supposed to be like a hundred and something in Pasadena. And, you know, uh, for those who are familiar with the Rose Bowl and those who aren't, and maybe Josh, you can elaborate on this a little bit. It's it seems like the Rose Bowl, like half of it is in the shade and like half of it's not, or it's yeah, kind of. So your daytime games, typically the sun mm -hmm. is above, everybody's feeling it, but then it gets to a certain yeah. part in the afternoon mm -hmm. where the sun starts giving shade to one side. And for some reason, when I first got to UCLA, the home the home sideline was opposite of the the uh, the boxes. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we were stuck in the sun the whole time, which kind of gave the other teams advantage. Like yeah. I remember, I remember going as a recruit and watching um, Oregon was <laughs> Oregon was a daytime game, and that was one of the hottest games I ever went to in the Rose Bowl. And I remember like, dang, like we're out here baking in the sun. Like mm -hmm. I know they feel terrible. And then my first ever game playing the Rose Bowl was a daytime game versus Colorado. And the heat was literally causing us guys to cramp up because we're literally baking yeah. in the sun and the other side's in the shade. So eventually, I don't remember what year, maybe my third year, we finally switched sidelines and uh, switched locker rooms so the, that we were the, the home sideline was on the same side as the, as the press boxes, which yeah. – Right. Then you're getting the shade and the heat's not affecting you as bad as being in the sun. But I definitely think it's a it's it's a competitive advantage. I, I, yeah, I I never I never knew that because so I guess if I come in 2019, as far as I remember, you guys were always on the I'm if I'm in the press box, I'm looking at your back. So that must have been that. What maybe was that that was a Chip Kelly thing? Maybe he switched. No, that? but it was the sometime towards the end of the Moore era. Okay, he, so during Mora, he, he realized yeah, he maybe got, they should switch that. Yeah, That's, he got that switched up. It's kind of like bad for recruiting in a way, because like like you said, like if you're there, and I see recruits like all the time. I remember all the Inglewood guys, Justin Martin and TJ Harden and stuff. The last couple of years they would come. 
to the I games. Think, but I think the recruits and family still sit over there because in the I sun. Think the, yeah, because I think the season ticket holders get first dibs, mm. on, and I think majority of their seats are in the shade. Right, 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 right under like the press box mm-hmm. kind of deal. Yeah, should be uh, interesting. We'll see what the attendance looks like. Obviously, that's always kind of a big thing. I know that's something I've written about in the last couple of years, just with the way things played out. And I remember, even though it was like the season over season opener against Hawaii last year, um, and it was like, we're going to see what these guys look like. You're returning a lot of guys. And it was like, people still didn't show up. And and the heat was a factor. And part of me is like, what do you guys complain about? Like, I live in the IE and like this is nothing. But I, I get it, especially when you're sitting out there, like you're going to be you're going to be baking out there. But we'll we'll see how it turns out. Hopefully it's a good turnout for the guys. They've been working hard and and we'll jump right into it. First of all, it, it was a very exciting practice. I went to a UCLA practice on Tuesday and we've had defensive coaches that we've talked to throughout the offseason and everything else for the first time. Since Chip Kelly's been there as head coach, we've talked to the defensive coordinator on a game week. We talked to him yesterday. It was like, wow. Um, I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but it's just like a report no, at this it's, point. But you said the football, it's a big deal. It's like a big deal. And it like it was just it, it was just like nice. It was like, wow, are we like kind of finally turning the page here with some of this stuff? But no, it was good. And, and so obviously the heat's a big discussion and um the depth chart came out. We'll kind of run through that here in a little bit, but um, you know, it as it should with any season opener, really. I mean, depending on on who the opponent is. I mean, if you're if you're playing um someone at your level or just as competitive, maybe you're not using as many guys, but with the heat and and with uh bowling green coming to town, uh you kind of have the opportunity. Obviously, you're not gonna take them lightly, but there should be opportunities for guys even beyond what's listed on a two deep uh depth chart to to get into the game. And that was something defensive coordinator Bill McGovern expressed that, hey, we're going to get a lot of guys kind of just getting guys in and out. And like you mentioned, that's a good point where, you know, you're you're burning through that water that you're drinking and you're just cramping up left and right and and things like that. But when you're going into a season opener as someone who started games, are you maybe under the impression? Maybe it depends on your opponent, like, hey, we're only going to maybe play the first half here or something or or there's the expectation that other guys will kind of get in the mix. Like, what is the mindset on knowing it's a season opener? We're excited to play, but you know, some of the other guys, maybe the freshmen will get an opportunity to play and just get those guys some reps and get, take advantage of that opportunity. Yeah. I mean, you're not going into any game thinking I'm only going to play a certain amount. As far as going to the game, you should be thinking like, I'm going to play the full game Mm -hmm. overtime if needed, whatever it takes to win the game. You're never in it. And for a freshman at the same time, the younger guys, you have to be going in the expectation of I need to be ready to play. Mm-hmm. Regardless, um, right? I don't, yeah, because I mean, at times, I've had times where like when I was a freshman of, oh, I thought I was redshirting, so I wasn't ready, and then I got thrown in the game. So okay. it's like you yeah. need you need to be ready at all times. And as a yeah, as an older guy, as a starter, because mm-hmm. um, you think about it, you need to start getting your sea legs, your season legs. So mm-hmm. it starts with the game one because it doesn't matter what you've done all camp, what you did all summer. Like in season shape is a is is a different yeah. monster. And I mean, you right. have to get acclimated and you get acclimated by the more you play. So I can't, you, I would definitely wouldn't go into the game thinking, Oh, I'm a, we're playing bowling green. I'm only going to play a half. Mm-hmm. Like I said, go into it thinking like, okay, I need to be, you know, beyond four quarters ready for this game. And I think that's a good point too. And again, something else Bill McGovern kind of mentioned, like, you know, the depth chart is there. It's nice. And this is something Chip Kelly's always kind of said too, but it's like, 
now this is live action like it matters like this this is different you know it's the same way when you put the pads on for the first time everyone looks great in in a shirt and shorts but once you put the pads on and now we're at that next next milestone where it's game action you're playing against someone other than your friend your buddy your roommate right it's like we're gonna see who's who and what's what so i i, I think that's the big thing to look at here um i sent you the depth chart a little bit earlier this week actually when it first came out and and you had some um, initial thoughts, but for me, I'll just kind of read through some of it. I don't necessarily have it all here open in front of me, but I can here in a minute. But um, obviously, we're, we got Dorian Thompson Robinson coming back as the fifth year starting quarterback. And it, it was interesting. There was actually a note from the Pac-12 that came out today that I think Dorian is be is going. Well, I guess once he gets the start, will be the first starting fifth year quarterback in the conference, which is i mean maybe sounds a bit about right just because of you know the covid year and everything that goes with that but you know he he's still not being ranked as, as one of the top three kind of guys in the conference in terms of quarterback but he's definitely going to get the start um there were some names that it's just kind of much like you've been saying it's like it's kind of weird seeing him now listed as starters after seeing him kind of work their way higher and higher up the depth chart with each year um came madrano and John John Vaughn's are names for me at linebacker. Um, they're going to be getting just their first starts in general. I don't think they've started games. They've played in some games, and both those guys have switched positions. Uh, Vaughn is a guy who plays baseball and football for UCLA. Uh, Kane Madrano, I think, was uh, recruited and brought in as a receiver. Now he's mm -hmm. in at linebacker. So it's just pretty neat to see those guys' journey. Um, you mentioned some names to me before, some some things that stood out to you as interesting. Uh, what what kind of sticks out to you now that you're kind of looking at the depth chart again? Looking at it, um, I mean, it's a too deep thing, and I think it's yeah. very different versus uh, like a professional too deep mm -hmm. because I know everybody on this too deep list is going to play. The way Chip right. rotates guys, and there's guys mm -hmm. not on this list that are going to have significant yes. roles on this mm -hmm. team. And that's the difference between a two deep, a pro two deep, and a and a college two deep. As far as pro two deep, where you only for the CFL, I think it's we dress forty three. For the NFL, you dress forty six, and that's mm -hmm. that's all you got, right? That's true. This this college two deep, you have this two deep, and then I know for home games, I think you can dress up to like over a hundred guys, something like that, right? Like that's something not even like half that. the roster on the depth chart. Like there's still so much more. Like yeah, and for home, yeah, home games, everybody on the roster can dress. So yeah. Uh, there's you point. can play anybody just because your name is not on this list does not mean you're not gonna be playing. And I know the way, like I said, the way that Chip rotates in every phase, there's gonna be a lot of people not on this list that are gonna be playing. Um, tell me about uh Bobo at kick return. I think that was one, or was oh, he, that was one of the things that stood out? I was like, yeah, 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 yeah having uh, having Jake Bobo as a punt, I've never seen a punt, a six mm. five punt returner, I think, <laughs> in all my years of football. At every level, I don't think I've ever seen a six-five punt return. That would be interesting to see, especially going from a guy like Kyle Phillips to Jake yeah. Bobo, right. two totally different body types totally. and receiver. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, uh, Nick Barmira not only doing yeah. field goals, but mm -hmm. he will be punting. Um, yeah. and shout out to him. I've seen him along with a few others. Yeah, were put on scholarship. Yep, one of six um, guys. Yeah, along with uh, Chino Hills is uh, Jake Lanier. Um, Alex Johnson, Alex Johnson, who's wearing number 36 this year in honor well deserved. Yes. of, uh, what, did you play with Nick at all? 
I didn't play with Nick. Um, the Pesquale family was mm -hmm. still pretty close to the program when I got there. Fern was wearing that number. Um, the last huh, he'd been there so long, like three years. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. Well, he was the first. He was the first was one, right? The first to be honored, and then mm -hmm. he finally uh, moved on. So yeah, yeah. Now it's the second ever to mm -hmm. wear thirty six since since Nick passed away. Um, just real um, quick, some other ones. Is it? It's I don't know if they have a. Is it David or? I think it's David Manga or Mana Manga. I don't know. He, yeah, D Lyman. Do you know who that? Okay. Yeah, he was he was there. Um, and then Carson Swes Swessinger. I think he's a he was an Oaks Christian teammate of Bo Calvert and Zach Charbonnet. I think, or at least he's from the same school. I don't know if he played with. Them yeah, I I didn't play. Yeah, I didn't play with him. Oh, and then Josiah Norwood is the other um guy. So and he's former, been former quarterback, changed receiver. Mm -hmm. Um, finally got some time last year, so some significant playing time. A guy, but like I mean, all those guys that that mm -hmm. earn scholarships, like they they work their butts off to get there. Um, those guys since day one, it was like a group of them. I, and that that group was Greg Dosich was part of that group. Mm -hmm. Um, even like yeah Hudson, I was like all that group kind of came in and and was like worked hard and put all the extra work from day one john Gaines, like i'm not surprised seeing that these names as earning scholarship as being captains as um in the two deep you know certain things like that mm -hmm. like i've seen these guys work their way up to it and I'm, I'm glad they're finally getting the recognition and they're going to get the the opportunity um to actually you know rock in the in the rose bowl and lead lead a team so i'm really excited for those guys this year and it's just like a chip off, like a, you know, you finally kind of get that chip off your shoulder, I guess, uh, if that, I guess that's a phrase, right? But like, you just kind of, or the monkey off your back, I think is a phrase, but it's like, you just, you know, especially for some of those guys been there so long, they're like a guy like Nick Barmira, he's been there. He's like the the kicker. He was he kicking all last season. He wasn't punting. Um, he said he actually hasn't punted since high school, even though he's been the backup, the backup punter and, you know, has done some scout team punting and stuff. But as far as live action. Um, this will kind of be new for him, but um, at the college level. But yeah, just to see them kind of work and, you know, kind of see their work kind of being recognized in that regard and getting that scholarship and seeing the guys probably when that's announced, you know, kind of having that moment and um, having the guys rally around you. I think for uh, we saw I saw the video with Alex Johnson and he's wearing that number. He, you know, he he gets that 36 jersey. Um, obviously Ethan Fernandez would have been there for that. Um, but he was on a video call with the guys and, and made that announcement. And obviously everyone was excited for Alex. Um, so it's great. I, I think it's, it's, it's just great to, to see those guys kind of get it. And we see a lot of different fun videos where guys kind of, you know, it's a big moment for them, but just real quick to the depth chart. Um, Anything else there stand out to you? Uh, I think Kaz is listed at receiver, but not slot, right? Or I'm trying to remember. Um, I mean, it just says or, but he's receiver this, spot. He's, he's yeah. starting at one of the receiver spots. One of the receiver spots, though. Um, yeah. And starting at kick return. Oh, thoughts on Keegan Jones? Were you familiar with Keegan Jones? He's the, he's the number two guy. Obviously, it's a two-back system. Obviously, Zach Charbonnet is the guy in the backfield. He's definitely, but... definitely a switch up, mm -hmm. uh, another speed shifty speed guy mm -hmm. quite similar to Cass. um i mean he's been there for years so the, he definitely knows the system knows the coaches mm -hmm. has worked with coach foster for what three four years now 
Yeah. Um, that's not that's not a surprise. Offensive line. There's a lot of versatility there. Um, Sam Marazzo is a guy who started at center. Duke Clemens is back at center to start this year. I think if I remember correctly, uh, tell me what it says on there. But Marazzo, I think, is like left guard behind my left guard. Yeah, but I think he can get back in. I think he might get back in at center. He's he said he's 100 percent. Marazzo did and stuff like that. But he's coming off of a knee injury. I think maybe they're just still kind of working him back in slowly. And and part of me reading the depth, I feel like Chip was like, I'm like, I don't know. It's just maybe there's just a lot more, a lot of different names this time, right? Because there was a lot of um, guys that returned from one year to the next, from 2020 to 2021. But I'm just like, is Chip playing games with his depth chart? But I'm like, I don't think he is. I, I mean, I he just, I, honestly, this depth chart doesn't mean much. It doesn't they, mean anything they, to they him. Can, I know that. Can, yeah, he's going <laughs> to start and play whoever he wants. Right. Uh, yeah. And like we've I said, seen guys, that, and we've seen that where it has a depth chart. Oh, this is this is it, and then it's like some completely different guy. Or even with Dorian, he says Dorian's going to start, and then Dorian doesn't start the game. Um, one where he was injured. So, yeah, yeah. So, and like I said, anybody number can be called. Mm-hmm. All these guys are going to play. So, I, I mean, we could take it as a grain of salt. We just know. Yeah. Yeah. We it's can just, move on from that. <laughs> it's just nice to see some different names on there. But um, we mentioned Fern um, there. We mentioned Greg. Uh, NFL cuts kind of came up uh, over uh, yes yeah. yesterday. So, and yesterday, yesterday was the year. Tuesday. It is a pretty sad day, but it was also kind of nice to see some guys make rosters. I'm going to run through uh, some of the names here um, of guys who did make the roster, and then we'll get into some guys that got cut. Um, so Brent Brown makes the, makes the Raiders as a running back, um, offensive lineman, Sean Ryan, uh, is staying. He's a member of the Packers. Obviously those guys got drafted. Um, yeah. Brent Brown was one of the last, he was in that last round, I think. So there was a chance maybe he could have gotten cut, but had a good, good enough showing for the, to stay with the Raiders there in Vegas. Uh, Q Lake, Qu- uh, Quentin Lake is on IR to start the season with the Rams. I don't even think he really, I don't even think he practiced like throughout the the offseason since he got drafted. I think he's been dealing with an injury or it was very early on that he might have gotten injured after being drafted, something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, he'll start on IR. Um, maybe he'll work his way in. So they really haven't seen anything with him, but he was drafted. So I think, um, you know, I think he'll at least be around for the year at the very least to kind of see what they have with him. Um, but I think no doubt he'll make he'll you know, he, he probably would have been a, a guy um, fighting for a roster spot if he was healthy for sure. Um, Otito Obonia uh, is on the chargers as expected, was drafted as a defensive lineman. Talked about big Greg. I think Greg Dolce might've just been the tight end uh, drafted by the Denver Broncos. I think just got, I don't know if he just got put on the IR today, but he'll start the season on, on the IR. He did get hurt like during one of the preseason games or something like that, but he was obviously probably going to make the roster anyways with where he was drafted. And I think even Russell Wilson's calling and asking him and asking Chip Kelly about him. So I think they, they think very highly of of, a big Greg over there in Denver. And then uh, no surprise here, but Kyle Phillips is making the team with the Tennessee Titans. He's really been impressing them. That boy's boy's been killing it. He's doing his thing. It's, it's like crazy. Um, It's, It's not surprising though. It's, it is not surprising. It's just funny because like when you see people talking about like, wow, he's doing this, he's doing it. I'm like, well, I mean, he was kind of always doing that for us. We saw it, but yeah, 
but the it's, boy's a problem. I've been saying the boy's a problem in that spot. He's that he's that guy, and I'm excited to see where they go with him. If he starts right away, what kind of reps he's getting? But I think he'll definitely be in the mix for them. Um, some guys that got cut. Uh, you know, we talked about Ethan Fernea. Unfortunately, was cut, but I think it, he made some good plays on special teams and was always like a, a pretty good, solid special teams guy for UCLA. Yeah, for sure. I think he'll definitely maybe make the practice squad or find a way to get or, you know, will be there with the Colts. Um, I think he'll still be involved with them. Alec Anderson um, and Ethan was Ethan Fernay was an undraft, uh, undrafted free agent. So was Alec Anderson, who signed with the Bills, um, was cut, um, was was kind of like fourth on 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 any on one certain offensive line position. But I think maybe he could be another practice squad guy seen, as well. Yeah, I seen he, he got signed back practice squad. Today. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Good That's good. Good for him. And then uh, Quantrez Knight, uh, the defensive back, did get cut from the 49ers. If he's not already signed onto the practice squad, he will be, I would imagine. He was another guy who was really impressive and standing out. And I would kind of type in and search on Twitter and check in on these guys. And his name was always kind of popping up as a guy who was standing out. Devin Asiasi, one of your former teammates, I believe, uh, yeah. was cut by the Patriots. I think things just didn't work out and, and just, you know, the, I think even after Gronk left the Patriots um, and Devin wasn't even there yet, but um, Belichick is trying to get yeah, a lot of veteran. Re- they're trying to rebuild. Yeah. So, and he, and he always kind of was signing veteran guys at tight end too. So maybe it was a little hard for Devin to, to get a fair shake. So maybe he bounces back somewhere. Yeah. He um, should definitely get another opportunity mm-hmm. Too good of a talent, not to um, Josh Rosen got cut by the Browns um he's still trying to he's fighting man he's, he's still trying to t- still trying to you know kind of make something there with the with the nfl and he's bouncing around from some different teams but they keep giving him looks hopefully he can continue and uh we'll, we'll see what happens i mean obviously he, i don't think he's giving up anytime soon but um obviously even once he's done with football there there will be something for josh to do i'm oh, sure yeah. Um, yeah definitely brent huntley was cut by the ravens i believe earlier um in the middle of august um, so, but just wanted to mention that one because he's a UCLA alum, uh, Connor McDermott. I don't know if he, Connor it, McDermott, it, where yeah. was he there when you were there at all or. Yeah, he was a, yeah. Starting tackle. I think two, mm-hmm. at least two years while I was there. Okay. And so he was cut by the jets. Uh, maybe he'll, you know, I think he's been in, he's been in the league for a little while now. Um, yeah, he's, I will... bounced, he's bounced around a few teams up there. So maybe he'll... between the. Patriots, the Bills, mm-hmm. and the Jets. Yeah, he's bounced around a few times. So he'll probably uh, land on his feet somewhere. And then Nate Metters was cut by the Giants. Um, love mate, Nate Metters. I remember he was balling when too. He was balling, and and he was that on the roster a long time with the Vikings when he got drafted. Uh, I think he got drafted. He's been he? he's been uh, he's been quite a journeyman. He's been he um, has mm-hmm. moving I think around. He was, was he on the Browns? Yeah, he had a stint with the Browns for a little Giants, bit, maybe Vikings, Jags. Um, oh damn, I must have missed a team or two. I don't, I didn't even know. He, I think I remember the Jags, but Nate's a guy. I think Nate, yeah. Nate's someone we need to reach. We need to get Nate on the podcast. Um, Definitely. Uh, well, we'll have to reach out to him because Nate's a good dude. I remember when he first told me he got a UCLA offer when he was at uh, Sanjee out here in uh, San Bernardino. So um, hopefully Nate can land back on his feet as well. Uh, I'm just trying to look through my notes, see what else stands out. Oh, okay. So you know how I mentioned, and we're just kind of bouncing around. There's just like a lot of stuff going on. You know how I mentioned with this dev chart and I feel like chips, like playing games sometimes. Yeah. Like 
okay, we've talked about these two uh, four-star freshman tight ends that they got this off just in this last recruiting class. These are true freshmen coming in. He announced today that they're going to be running backs. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I th- but I think when you say running back, is they could be playing like a, a fullback Y off position. Probably could. That's what, big that's what I would, yeah, that's what I would imagine. So maybe, maybe that on the depth chart, the starting mm-hmm. tight end is the tight end with their hand down. Mm-hmm. And these other ones are going to be the, the off tight end, the sniffer position, that type of thing where, where their hand might not be in the ground because they're behind the line. Yeah. That's, no, that's, that's my guess. I I mean, that's, that's, better than anything i could have thought of because i'm just like what is going on how much how much of practice were you able to watch i i was i wasn't out at practice today but he announced it today like i want to see during individual if those two tight ends are with coach foster then mm -hmm. okay then you might be a running back well someone else got moved to running back so i think part of it is like they're so deep at tight end not that i don't think they're not deep at running back but again maybe that's a good point that you make um, about them maybe getting some action at fullback. And I think it's just about getting those guys. I think those guys are good enough that you want to try and get them on the field in some way or another and just kind of get them get them uh, kind of settled in. And Because I think they're going to be guys with um, with big potential just and in, in being playmakers down in the future if, if they are, you know, still around. Obviously, the transfer portal and everything else is a thing. But, um, I, yeah, I think you just want to get those guys on the field. I think uh, Michael Ezekiel is your starting tight end, and then Hudson was number two on that. And obviously, um, Chip, I think at times, has used as many as three tight ends on the field at once. Um, so I'm not surprised where those guys bounce around. Um, the other guy who moved to running back, or um, Chip called it cross-training, was uh, – who was that quarterback? Who was the quarterback from Washington? He was a rec- – um Colson Colson Yankoff yeah he's was quarterback now he's a receiver and now he's with the running backs um so I could see them using him as a Taysom Hill like type mm-hmm. situation where there's a lot of trickery when he's in there you can think of having double pass and a bunch of gadgets and gadgets um off of him where he's I mean uh, athletic field where he can be out receiver tight end maybe in the backfield so knowing Chip He's probably he's gonna find a way to use all his tools, so that makes sense. No doubt about it. And obviously, as we mentioned, and as we're kind of talking here, there is a game that's gonna be happening this Saturday. Um, just a little insight on who their quarterback is uh, for Bowling Green. He was a he's a local guy. Um, just kind of reading some here. Well, first of all, Bowling Green hasn't had a winning season in six years. Uh, they went Ouch. four and. They went four and eight last year and two and six in conference play. Um, the Val- the Falcons do have an experienced quarterback uh, with red shirt uh, senior and Newport Beach native uh, Matt McDonald, who's entering his third season as the starter. McDonald recorded 2,555 passing yards and 13 touchdowns last year. Uh, he was a starter at Mission Viejo High School and spent two seasons at Boston College before transferring to Bowling Green ahead of the 2020 season. And if you need a reason to boo, not that we're necessarily encouraging it here on the podcast, but if you needed a reason to boo uh, McDonald, his father, Paul McDonald, played at the Rose Bowl as a quarterback for UCLA in the late ni- in the late 70s um, and helped the Trojans capture a share of the national championship in 1978. 
So um, this is a guy who's probably going to be trying to, you know, he's going to look at, let alone it being a season opener, you're playing back in front of your fans, but, you know, going to be playing uh, some inspired football just because of, you know, maybe he grew up hating UCLA with his father being a, a USC guy. But that's just kind of a quick look at uh, Bowling Green. I'm just reading here. Um, they averaged a hundred and two rushing yards a game last season. Um, UCLA gave up 260 passing yards. Uh, you know, some of the stats, you just kind of have to wait and see. But one thing that Chip Kelly did mention is the fact that Bowling Green um, had Minnesota on the schedule and did beat Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota was without their top running back, I believe, and eight, is Abraham, I think, who was injured, I think, pretty early in the season. So I think by the time they played Bowling Green, he wasn't around. So that might have been a difference maker. But yeah, Bowling Green's signature win last year was a 14 to 10 road victory over Minnesota, who was a nine win team and did win a bowl game. Um, so that's something which so again, people are making I want to know that, what the ahead. weather conditions were for that game. <laughs> that's, that's very that's very low scoring. That's a good point. And it was in Minnesota. Um, but it would have been a non-conference game. So it probably would have been, Early I'm not on. sure when they play their non-conference games, but just because it's a little weird, I would, I always assume everyone plays their non-conference, like the first three, but you get a team like USC who will, um, start conference play in like week three because they have rice, uh, somebody else. And then they play Stanford, I think very early on, or I think maybe they always play Stanford early because both Stanford and USC will play Notre Dame or something like that. Yes, yes, something like, something that. like that. So, um, but it should be exciting. Um, just to see the guys get out there and play. Obviously, the heat will be um an issue, but there's just kind of a lot of stuff kind of going on. Um, I'm trying to think. I know we had some questions. Josh, actually, I, I'm and I'm sorry to the person who asked me this question. I told him I was gonna do it on the last podcast, but I didn't. Um, and I'm forgetting her name at the moment, so I do apologize. Um, and I I just don't want to try and look all the questions up and try and dig for it. But I know this question was asked in some way, and I'm just kind of curious too. Can you explain the quarter, like the UCLA's academic calendar? Because like the first three games, school is not in session, right? Mm-hmm. So how does that play out for you as a player? And then with just with the fans, you know, all of a sudden it's like the start of, of conference play and you get more fans and, and more people are in the Rose Bowl. But like, is it weird not having really like a, a lot of fans or students there yet? And, and what is that like um, for you? There, there's pros and cons to it. Mm-hmm. Like you said, uh, because the students aren't, aren't majority of them aren't on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless you're like you local that. or something. Yeah. But I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of students uh, will take C session classes, so they will be on campus for that. Oh, okay. So that, that's usually like the more diehard, you know, students They're are like, trying to get have that in and out. Get, yeah college, no, or no i'm saying that i want to have that college experience of being there oh gotcha, gotcha you gotcha. know what i'm saying mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but the pros of it is not having class so you can treat those first three weeks like you're in the nfl mm-hmm. um where it's just ball you know uh the exception is um shea pitts who yeah. <laughs> i think he's taking i believe he's taking four classes right now i mm-hmm. think he told me um, he is the probably the only exception because he has to take classes right now. Yeah. Um, and that's why he missed. Yeah, we talked that, about that. Yeah. That was why he. Yeah, that was why mm-hmm. he was absent in practice. He told me. Mm-hmm. Um, and other than that, everybody else is this year. You get to be all one hundred percent 
football locked in, no distraction, no midterms, no homework. Um, so that's the pros and cons of it. Cause you know what I mean? These other schools, yeah, they, they started school. I'm um, sort of taking classes, but then they get to have all their, all the students there, more attendance. Um, for you, for you as a player, when you like, maybe you start getting comfortable, you get in a groove with, Oh, there's no classes. Like, and you, you work through that non-conference schedule. And then all of a sudden it's like, we're starting conference play, but boom, like there's classes. Like does, does the schedule change the way the, the amount of time you guys are spending in the, in the football facility? I mean, I know you guys are getting going in there and getting that food, but like, yeah, like um, what, what is meetings usually get pushed back. Cause I think, uh, uh, during when there's no class, we would mm-hmm. just have, you know, we do meetings practice and then we would just get meetings over with. Mm-hmm. So then we'd get the night off. Um, so then when classes are back, you can't do that because you have to, um, practice earlier than class and then have meetings late in the afternoon to dinner, you know, so you, gotcha. you start having less time. Um, and something else that just came to mind now that I'm thinking about the depth chart and like the defense, um, some real, real quick, uh, we talked to Stefan Blaylock this week or yesterday, actually, when I was out at practice, he's getting ready. And we talked about this before, so we're not going to spend like too much time on it, but he's, once he starts this week, he'll have started 32 consecutive games. Um, so shout out to him because that's like four year, five years worth of work there. And like you don't miss a single game. It's a big achievement. Yeah. That's definitely a big achievement. And the way you can stay healthy that long is crazy. Uh, Bo Calvert, um, not that he necessarily has a streak, but he played all 12 games last season. And um, that's a real big deal to have him. Him, Bo, and Blaylock are the only two, at least like full-time or consistent starters um, that are returning to this team. Obviously, you had other guys who played and got some spot starts and stuff, but those guys are, are like, like you. we talked about Ironmen. They they started all of last season and, and beyond that. So shout out to those guys. Um, one thing that kind of surprised me, and I, I mean, I'm not really sure what I was expecting the depth chart to look like. And again, take it for a grain of salt. Um, like the Murphys are kind of listed together in one spot and one's over the other. And I'm like, I don't know how you would pick one over the other. So again, I don't read too much into that, but, um, and then I'm trying to think who was on the other. Oh, and then you got Jay Toya and someone under him. I'm forgetting, but there's like a lot of depth on like the defensive line. Um, but is it interesting to you at all? Cause like I was talking with some of the other reporters about it, that, they're kind of lit or they're they listed the Murphys who were edge guys. Like they're listed at like linebacker. I mean, I guess they can be listed outside linebacker, but I don't know. Is, is the depth chart it, weird it, to you just with the labeling of like, but that's of, it's of, very, it's weird. Um, <laughs> Cause there's no like nickel cutter for that because yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so it, it, as I'm saying it, it really does. That's all I was saying. Mm-hmm. Even long as if it yeah. doesn't matter because yeah. the packages are going to determine who's in, who's out the situation. Right. right. You know that type of stuff. So, I mean, they can both be in at the end. They could both be an outside linebacker. I would assume they the both package. are. Yeah. yeah, it could be a package where where Bo slips back to a, mm-hmm. a, a linebacker spot instead of an outside linebacker spot. Right. Um, John John could be at a strong safety instead of another in. You know what That's I'm saying? True. So yeah, because he played a lot. The of versatility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can. I mean, they could run three four four three. They could have their nickel. They probably have a dime set. Mm-hmm. So. Like I said, you just know some of the names on there, but at the end right. of the day, that stuff's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. Um, we talked we talk about Carl Jones last week. 
Uh, Carl Jones, I think, is listed behind Bo. But again, a classic example of someone who you know is going to play. He's going to get some time. He's a versatile guy. He's going to be moving all over that defense um, just because he's been in a different position every every single year, more or less. So um, I think my final question for you, Josh, um, as we kind of wrap up here, what advice would you have to guys, especially as a senior? We mentioned Bo. We mentioned Blaylock. You said you talked to guys like Shea Pitts. We're like, we'll, and we'll stick with that. Like, what do you tell a guy like Shea Pitts who's entering his last year? Like, what kind of advice, if you did haven't given him any advice on this, like, what would you tell him as he's entering what should ideally be his last year based on his eligibility and whatnot? Um, I'll tell him exactly what, I mean, I was saying my whole last year was just, I just want to, you know, enjoy every single moment. I mean, mm-hmm. this is your last go around, your last time. Enjoy everything from the meetings. Enjoy uh, the boys that you came in with. Enjoy the freshmen. I remember mm-hmm. there's times where I just want to hang out with the young guys just because I know that, you know, this is my last time. Enjoy every everything you're, you're, you're saying. Mm-hmm. We would be like, every day we'd come in, me, Chris, Lokini, all of us would be like, <laughs> this is our last Monday of our week one ever. <laughs> and we're doing something like that like every day. Oh, this is our last Tuesday practice of, right. of this week. So you just just have fun man because it's like it goes by so quick it and does it really does all you're gonna have is the memory so you might as well enjoy as much as you can have fun out there uh and just play for each other and just enjoy the experience i mean that's all i can say because it's like you don't want to put too much on it or be stressing over certain things mm-hmm. like just have fun yeah no doubt about it and so again as we wrap things up here just wanted to say thank you guys to everyone who stuck uh with us through the off season when we started this podcast. Um, now we're getting into, into game week mode and, and season mode. So Let's this, go. this whole episode, I was like, there's so much talk. I don't know if we're going to fit it all in, in, in one recording session and how this is all going to work. So we got through it. So we're, we're getting into season shape here and it should be fun. Thanks again, Josh. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.